Tonight, Snyder Cut, Subway Sandwiches, Birds of Prey is not a sequel, and we say farewell to the man in the big bird on this comic edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and greetings. Welcome to the comics edition of Multiverse Tonight, episode 55. Uh, here we are, uh, just a week away from Christmas, a little over a week from uh, the end of the year. And you know, I gotta ask, what do you want for Christmas? What What do you want from next year? I have I have no idea. And. Uh, if uh, here's what I do want, though, I want to do a good job for you with this podcast. You know, all I ask of you would be to share the show with your friends. You know, maybe throw in a buck or two from time to time if you feel generous. You know, just go to uh, our website and uh, you know, talk to us there. Leave you know, check out our uh, links to uh, other sites. Check out the show notes. You know, that's uh, all I've ever wanted. But uh, all I ever want right now is to bring you some uh, comic book news. So uh, let's get on with it with some uh, DC news. Are you starting to get tired of the, all the calls to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League? You know, it's just kind of been one of those things that just won't die until it actually happens. Well... Subway Restaurants has put their two cents in via Twitter. Snyder fans started it by asking the company how many retweets it would take to get a donation of 10,000 sandwiches by Subway. Subway responded by saying that 5,000 retweets in five hours would get it done. The fans came through. Subway soon tweeted, quote, So you're fast. And since you did it in under 214 minutes, we're going to up the donation of 15,000 sandwiches. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, hashtag release the Snyder Cut, unquote. You know, that's good on them, you know, giving those those sandwiches to charity, and uh, very good on the fans. My guess is that this cut will eventually see the light of day, you know. Maybe if, if uh, they all pledge to make some movie of Warner Brothers a success that normally wouldn't get the, get the, be very successful, that might get the studio's attention. Or, you know, filling up the office with ping pong balls. I don't know. Uh, I th- I think eventually the Snyder Cut will be released because, well, it just doesn't seem like one of those things are going to sit on forever. The cinematographer for Black Adam, Lawrence Schur, is making some high claims for what the movie will be. Telling Collider during a Q&A for Joker, quote, One of my interests about it is to continue to sort of, and we've talked about it with Dwayne and obviously with Yom and DC, can can we continue to sort of sort of reshape what a comic movie book movie is? Like yes, 
Of course, you want it to be entertaining, but it has to make a decent amount of money so it can't live in such a fringe place that doesn't bring people in. But can we do something inventive? So that's the goal, is to continue to try to do something a bit inventive with it, unquote. Now, that's kind of a big, bold claim for a movie that we haven't seen anything from yet. Uh, hopefully, he won't end up eating those words, as, you know, I've had a hard time trying to say them. Anyway, uh, let's get on, and uh, here's a question. Uh, what do you think of Joker's potential for an Oscar nomination? Well, if uh, the Critics' Choice Award nominations are any indication, there's a good chance. Joker has received seven nominations, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix, Best Adapted Screenplay for Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, Best Cinematography for Lawrence Schur, Best Production Design for Mark Friedberg and Chris Moran, Best Hair and Makeup, and Best Score for Hildur Guan and Daughter. That they weren't uh, the only comics property to get some nominations. Avengers Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home got nominations for Best Action Movie. Avengers Endgame also got a nod for Best Sci-Fi or Horror Movie, as well as Best Visual Effects. HBO's Watchmen got a nomination for Best Drama, and it faces off against Game of Thrones in that category, but I think Watchmen's got this. Watchmen's Regina King got, got uh, a nomination for Best Actress in the Drama, Tim Blake Nelson is up for Best Supporting Actor, Gene Smart and Gwendolyn Christie are also up for Best Supporting Actress. And uh, that brings us to uh, the date when this will uh, come out. The 25th Critics' Choice Awards will be handed out on Sunday, January 12th. So, uh, here's something to make you go, huh? The upcoming Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn will have no ties to Suicide Squad, according to BOP director Sue Kroll, during a set visit by Screen Rant. She told them, quote, You'll see it in the movie. It's a standalone movie. It's not connected to Suicide Squad. It's not a sequel. It's not a continuation of that story, so it has nothing to do with her breakout of prison. But you're right, and we've been very upfront that this is about her emancipation. She and the Joker have broken up. This is her personal journey of discovery with these women, so it's not related at all. So don't try to apply linear logic to how the two go because they don't." Unquote. She also told them that it has no similarities to Suicide Squad and that it was an opportunity to celebrate the amazing character. Okay, so so let's take a step back and unwind this, what this movie is. Now I'm assuming it's in the same universe as Suicide Squad, but it's no way connected to Suicide Squad, not even a mention. Uh, they do realize that having Harley Quinn, the same character, played by the same actress, still connects them to Suicide Squad, don't they? You know, maybe I should just go lie down for a while and uh, stop. You know, this just makes my head hurt. Uh, Birds of Prey comes out on February 7th. Now, let's go and talk TV for a moment. The big Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover had many cameos. Uh, Burt Ward's Dick Grayson, Lucifer, uh, but apparently Arrowverse producer Mark Guggenheim put out feelers to another big star, Nicolas Cage. 
In an interview with IndieWire, Mr. Guggenheim said, quote, We did reach out to Nick Cage, and uh, we reached out to a lot of people, and there were people who didn't want to do it. There were people who would only do it for amounts of money that we could never, ever afford. And there were other people who really wanted to do it, but couldn't for scheduling. That was the co case with a lot of, I have to say, the movie stars that we reached out to. The thing about movie stars is, they're all shooting movies. And unless those movies are shooting in Vancouver, we're kind of out of luck. But I have to say that the sheer number of actors that we did end up getting exceeded my expectations." Unquote. You know, that's too bad. He could have finally gotten to wear that Superman suit on screen. The crisis will conclude on January 14th. You know, maybe next year they should go do Zero Hour. Or wait a year or two. You know. Anyway, let's uh, go to some Marvel news. Kevin Feige, a Marvel Studios president and chief creative officer of Marvel, confirmed at Brazil's CCXP19 con that Disney Plus's The Falcon and The Winter Soldier will be all about what happens to The Falcon after Endgame. Quote, We saw Old Man Cap hand that shield to Sam Wilson at the end of Endgame, and the question is, what did he do with it next? What does it mean for Sam Wilson and that shield? That's a big responsibility, and that's very much what the show focuses on and is about. Unquote. Unfortunately, Wilson will have to deal with the U.S. government's U.S. agent just in time for Helmut Zemo to come back on the scene. You know, sounds interesting, and we still have no release date, though, other than the always enigmatic Fall 2020. Now, speaking of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they've just added two new cast members, Desmond Hayam and Miki Izakawa, have been added in two unknown roles. Also, at CCXP19, in a sit-down interview, Mr. Feige confirmed that the Marvel multiverse will be something that will shape, take shape in the MCU for a long time to come. Quote, when you first started the MCU, it was all about Tony Stark. Introduced the world to, to Tony Stark and the Iron Man armor. Then we went on to teach people what Asgardians were and learned about super soldiers and bring them together in Avengers. I've always loved space movies and I've always loved big intergalactic tales, which is why we did Guardians and the audience came with us so we could do a movie like Endgame. I always wanted to do time travel, which is why we eventually got to do what eventually got to do in Endgame. The multiverse is the next step in the evolution of the MCU, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to crack it open in ways that will have repercussions for a Disney Plus series before that's not one before it that's not one division and for movies after it in a big fun way. Unquote. It's also thought that the Loki series will tie into this in some way. Will we all will we all have to wait much longer for for that than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? WandaVision comes out in spring of 21, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out on May 7th of 2021. 20, you know, I think it's time we start dropping the 20 20 from uh, dates people. Let's face it, we all know it's 20. Anyway, speaking of WandaVision, some paparazzi photos from the set of the show have surfaced online 
and they show the that the spacefaring version of shield will be in the show sword sword aka the sentient world observation and response department was one of those properties that used to belong to 20th century fox's subset of marvel characters and uh, will be pretty much the first of those uh, of those characters to be ported over to the regular marvel unit to the uh, disney marvel universe could venom 2 get an r rating and you might think you might be able to thank joker's billion dollar box office if it happens a venom producer matt tolcom tomac told cinema blend quote i mean i think you always have to think about it now that that works having said that our movie worked really well our franchise exists as it is and i don't think anybody is looking to just say hey they did it we have we have a place in the world so it isn't like suddenly everybody's considering what to do with the rating i think what joker does is it tells you what you can succeed for a long time that was the narrative and deadpool sort of wrestled that to the turf and then logan but for a long time that was considered totally forbidden so you know i think that's the greatest thing in the world in the that r-rated movies are being embraced by massive audiences and it means that there are more opportunities for that kind of storytelling unquote you know i don't know does uh an r-rated venom 2 speak to you uh, let us know uh anyway let's talk about the comic books prepare to relive the greatest moments in marvel's 80 year history yep 80 years folks marvel snapshots will see kurt Busiek bring together several creative teams for these eight standalone double-sized issues which will include characters from the golden age to today through the eyes of ordinary people alex ross will provide the covers first off is submariner marvel snapshot number one a best-selling novelist and emmy award-winning writer alex brennert and artist jerry ordway join forces to tell an unforgettable story about prince namor set during world war ii and featuring namor betty dean and the all-winners squad alan brennert in a statement on marvel.com said quote I can honestly say that I enjoyed working on this story more than any comic story I've done in years. I grew up reading and loving Marvel's Golden Age heroes in the 60s in reprints in fantastic masterpieces in fantasy masterpieces, but I never thought I'd have a shot at writing them, especially the All-Winner Squad. And I'm grateful to Kurt Busiek and Tom Brevoort for providing me the opportunity and to Jerry Ordway for bringing it all to glorious life. I'm extremely enormously proud of Reunion and honored to be the first story published in Marvel Snapshots." Unquote. This year's long journey begins this March at your local comic book store. Marvel has post... Uh, there's some bad news for Marvel Comics though. Marvel has postponed the release of issues 5, 6, and 7 of X-Men by a month. Issue 5 will now be out on January 29th. Issue 6 will come to will come out on February 12th and issue 7 will come out on the 26th of February. Now let's go to some geek news. We start the geek news 
with a record-setting opening, and not a good one. Playmobil, the movie, is set, just set the record for the lowest box office for a film opening in over 2,000 theaters. The movie, based on the toys, was sort of an answer to the Lego movie. Unfortunately, Playmobil is not as well known as Lego. Rotten Tomatoes has given the movie a 16% rating. Uh, now, we'll uh, check and see what it did this weekend uh, when we look at the box office news. Now, this will be a pre-Star Wars box office report, so this will be interesting. From one record to another potential record setter, Disney's Frozen 2 just became the sixth film from the House of Mouse to cross the $1 billion mark this year. According to Variety, the movie has over $6 million internationally and $306 million in the U.S. alone. It's currently the 8th highest grossing movie of the year. We will see if The Rise of Skywalker makes it 7. It would have just 11 days to do so. Dark Horse Comics is set to adapt Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology into a miniseries. The book was released back in 2017 and features Neil retelling Norse mythology starring Thor, Odin, Loki, and others. It has been adapted into a BBC radio production. Next year, it will be an 18-issue series adapted by Gaiman and P. Craig Russell with colors from Dave Stewart and Laverne Katernsky, letters by Galen Showman, and art from a round table of artists like Jerry Ordway and Mike Mignola. North Mythology will hit comic book stores on May 27, 2020. Dynamite Entertainment is getting into the novel business. The company has announced the formation of Dynamite Books. First up is Vampirella, Blood Invasion, written by Nancy A. Collins. Here's the blurb, quote, In Vampirella, Blood Invasion, Vampirella left her planet of Draculon on a desperate quest to find another source of blood that her people need to survive. After years out of contact, the skies of Earth fill with an armada of ships from her home planet. Thrilled at first to see her people, Vampirella is horrified to learn that General, General Orlok's plan for her adopted planet. She must choose between her own kind or take up arms with her partner Panta and join a rebel army led by Count Dracula, Evely the Witch, and Dr. Frankenstein and his patchwork monstrosities." Unquote. It's uh, out now, along with a line of audio audiobook adaptations of existing novels, including Shaft, Shaft, the original novel, by Ernest Tidyman. Uh, Dynamite Books plans on to release one new novel a month. Now, uh, let's take a look at this past weekend's box office report. Now, uh, look here really quick. Uh, as I mentioned, Playmobil, the movie, uh, dropped from number 14 to number 23. Uh, it's making an average of $61 per screen. So in other words, like, what is that, maybe 10 people? And has grossed just under a million dollars, 966458 total gross. Yeah, that movie just didn't do well. But uh, let's you know look up further in the box, further in the list here. Joker has fallen from number eleven to number fifteen, and uh, 
that's a 53% drop from the week before. But uh, let's start at number 10. Uh, falling from number 7 to number 10 is 21 Bridges. Falling from number 6 to number 9 is Dark Waters. The, uh, the uh, Tom Hanks movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, dropped from number 5 to number 8. Uh, Queen and Slim dropped from number 4 to number 7. Ford versus Ferrari dropped from number 3 to number 6. The movie Black Christmas, uh, the, hor the horror Christmas movie, uh, debuts at number 5, bringing in $4.2 million. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell, which I've not really heard good things about. Sorry, Clint. Uh, debuts at number 4 with $4.6 million. Knives Out, which I hear is, is great and, and funny. Uh, dropped from number two to number three. Uh, it's made a total gross of $78 million. Uh, Frozen 2, which has been number one for weeks now, finally fell to number two. And uh, it's made uh, $19 million this past weekend, losing nearly half from the previous week. And... Uh, but its total domestic gross is three hundred sixty-six point four million, so that's that's a win any way you look at it. And our number one, Jumanji: The Next Level, debuted at number one with fifty-nine point two million. Uh, at that's averaging fourteen thousand dollars a screen in about four uh, four thousand two hundred twenty-seven screens. And uh, again, this movie will drop significantly next week unfortunately uh, star wars is just going to suck all the the air out of the box office so uh, that's your box office report finally we uh tonight we say s goodbye to someone who's been a big part of all our childhoods carol spinney now you might not know that name but you'll know the characters he played on Sesame Street, Big Bird, and Oscar the Grouch. Carol was born in Waltham, Massachusetts on December 26, 1933, and became interested in puppetry at a young age. After high school, he served in the Air Force where he created a comic strip called Harvey. Now, after he left the service, he moved to Las Vegas where he performed in the show Rascal Rabbit, and a few years later moved to Boston, where he would eventually perform on Boston's broadcast of Bozo's Big Top. In 1960, he got married to his first wife, Janice, and had three children. He would divorce, they would divorce in 1971. In 1962, Carol would first meet Jim Henson at a puppeteering festival, where Jim asked him if he wanted to talk about the Muppets. Unfortunately, Due to a misunderstanding, Carol didn't know that he was actually being offered a job and turned him down. He would meet Henson again in 1969 at a puppeteer festival in Utah, where this time he was offered again to talk about the Muppets. This time, Carol took him up on the offer and joined the Muppeteers full-time later that year, joining the cast of a brand new show called Sesame Street. In 1979, Carol would get married again, this time to Deborah Joy Gilroy, whom he would remain married to, to for the rest of his life. 
Unfortunately, Carol would eventually develop dystonia, and in October of last year, Spinium announced his retirement from Sesame Street, handing the role of Big Bird to Matt Vocal and Oscar to Eric Jacobson. In his long career, Carol went on to win four Daytime Emmys, two Grammys, a gold record, have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, be awarded the Library of Congress Living Legend Award, and the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Lifetime Achievement Award. Carol passed away on December 8th at his home in Connecticut. He was 85 years old. And that will bring us to the end of the comic book news. Now, uh, be sure to check us out on our social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you'd like to contribute some money, call it my Christmas present. Why don't you? Uh, please visit us over at mtpodcast.com where uh, you can just click on our coffee or Patreon links. And uh, be sure to also visit us at multiversetonight.com and check out the affiliate marketplace links. I have some new affiliates there. Uh, especially go to Things from Another World. Uh, it's a great place. They have lots of stuff. Comic books and uh, you know comic book related items. You can also find the link to our T Public store. They've had several sales uh, this past month. Uh, we also have our show notes there and so much more. And if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for intro music and Lobo Loco for our outro music theme. Now, thanks for watching the comic book edition of Multiverse Tonight. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with the sci-fi edition. Now, please, exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions, copyright 2019, all rights reserved.